After the pandemic, they started to have mouth parties. Black room, low lighting, all black clothing covered all skin, only mouths exposed, shown, seen, well lit, decorated, ordained, and worshipped, even. In the comfort of the dark, people were moved and open to letting water fall natural from their eyes, exalting tears. Burdened, but not bound by resignation. All indignation evaporated. Guests shuttled by train, chasing stars, tearing down the track, steam whipping from the wheels and sides. White lies and wide lies, wild eyes and a minute by each mile. Sips stains of death from the walls, burdened with parallels of decency. Lips enchanted weeks worth of wants as breath burns. A sigil of broken wing, dirtied on the ground, nerves turned to roots. Pigments of perpetual terror propelled guise of musing to arches. People that can't or don't cook should not be allowed to live. If you're neither able nor willing to do the greatest thing that man has ever done, the main need and want for survival, why the fuck burden anyone else with your rotting flesh? These people should be shot out of a cannon into a brick wall where their remnants are left to feed crows and ravens. We ought to be helping them evolve. They're driven by mind. Unlike these emotionally impulsive apes, some people are barely more than them. Endless vacuums of empty want. We now interrupt your scheduled listening experience to bring you a live breaking update. Nana Shoe is now the number one bean-focused podcast to ever exist. Tell people in your life about that and how it may help them use their brain before they get shot from a cannon into a wall to be crow and raven food for evolution. Literally food for thought. Look, you want to learn how to cook? All you gotta do is follow directions. That's it. Just... Fucking follow directions. It helps if the directions are better, but all you gotta do is just follow the fucking directions. That's it. That's all you gotta do. If you want to be better, then you're gonna need an imagination and some other things. But also, another bare minimum is you gotta touch food. Don't be afraid of it. Just fucking touch it with your hands. You need to know how it can and should feel. Know how it can and should look, smell, taste. It's one of the only things where you're actively engaging and using all of your senses for a common purpose. Look, I'll make it even easier for you. All you're doing with cooking, any cooking, is just decreasing the amount of water in things to concentrate their flavors and pairing said flavors appropriately. That's it. Not that fucking complicated. But in learning how to do this properly, in the thousands of ways there are to do everything, you will learn essential skills for using that squish wrinkle meat in your fucking head. Every variation, adaptability, 
application throughout the evolution of man. Ultimate optimization. Whatever you want to do in your life, you have to eat the right fucking food. Man, last week my spaceman mindset I unintentionally left out and trailed behind so much shit that I didn't realize until it was too late well after the fact. Like, the whole reason I brought up Matt Groening was to talk about how it almost seems like he creates these really obnoxious, annoying, unlikable characters just so that he can make you like them. Just so he can turn your own personal prejudices and biases back on you and make you not only like a character that you didn't anticipate, but to make you a better person in doing so. And then the audience takes the wrong message from it. And then you have a show like BoJack that understands that and tries to like directly tell the audience this very thing, very directly, very openly. And people take it, and they still do it. But like, take Homer Simpson. He was an alcoholic. He was a fucking idiot. And based on his actions, he was a terrible husband and father. But he really cared and really loved his wife and children, and he tried really hard to do the right thing for them, especially when and after he'd fucked up. Quick side note, the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. Since I've added pictures and written details about how I have a podcast on my digital dating, I've had people ask me what it's about. I didn't know how to answer that, and a lot of the time it was just fumbly. It didn't make it sound good, and I said it was like free form. But now I got it. For me, and if somebody asks you and you want to tell them. I even narrowed it down to the two buzzword answer, comedy development. I think that might be another thing, but that's how I'm using it. Because this is me and how I'm developing my comedy. So sometimes it is comedy itself. And other times it's just what I think about and go through to get to good bits. Plus, you can tell people now that it is the number one bean-focused podcast ever. And if at some point I do obtain approval to start shooting people out of cannons for crow and raven food, I will not only make that happen, but I will be recording it for the show. Yeah. Fog. I hope I've got the video figured out by that point. We're on YouTube streaming that shit live. I was working on my quarterly review, and back in episode 9 is when I started hating the Jews, but also when I started talking about how I objectify women. I also figured out a better way to explain that to people. So, let's say a woman starts speaking and expressing her opinion. I object! Along with all the other people, things I hate, and the announcements I'm making in this episode, apparently, I'd like to take this time to let you know if I ever get wealth or fame or anything, it didn't change me. It just allowed me to be a little more comfortable to say things. So for the sake of that, I'd like to announce now that I think poor people are fucking gross. And I'm probably not going to help any poor people, or any people that I know in my life, right now. 
Also, if anybody happens to know where there are some wood bridges, I'd really like to start literally burning bridges. Oh, and since we're just like making up science and whatever else we want to do now, I also want to kill all of the polar bears. And I want to do this because it will end global warming, which isn't real anyways, but just as like a precaution to be safe. That's the thing they're always shown in those fucking commercials. The polar bears. So if we just kill the polar bears, that should stop global warming. Also, from now on, I'm going to start identifying every trans person as being angry with me. My favorite way that anyone has ever been identified was the girl with the fucked up face. I went to high school with this girl, and she is even uglier than Beans. When I was talking about how ugly that kid was, this girl just had the most unfortunate arrangement of horrible facial features all put together to put together this mutilated masterpiece of horrifyingly ugly face. And so naturally, my friend would call her the girl with the fucked up face. If we were walking and we saw her, he'd be like, oh look, there's that girl with the fucked up face. We even saw her at the Renaissance Festival one time. He's like, hey look, it's the girl with the fucked up face. Even back in Renaissance times, she still would have been the girl with the fucked up face. We weren't mean enough to ever actually say that to her fucked up face, but... I am curious what she looks like now. I'm sorry that I'm so late on getting this one done. I tried to plan for it earlier in the week. I started recording earlier, I had more written and stuff, and... I thought that I had appropriately estimated that I would just be getting it done later today, but... Maybe I should have waited and just done it tomorrow. It was my nephew's birthday, and even though I've been an uncle since I was like eight years old, he's the first kid that, for whatever reason, I actually seem to connect with and care about. And that's not a common thing for me, so I want to embrace that while I feel it. And he's a really awesome little person. He's already got so much personness to him so much more than a lot of people that I know now that should have that. I've also really been missing cigarettes this week or two and really wanting to start smoking again because even though I've had the occasional cigars which I think I'm about done with at this point I got some shitty cigars that I think made me sick multiple times and I kept smoking them. And now just the idea of a cigar is fucking gross to me. But cigarettes were the only true companion I've ever had. The only thing that ever was there for me as I wanted, when I wanted. No person has ever been able to do that for me. Probably never will be able to do that for me. And so, I, I want cigarettes in my life again. I think that I should wait. I think I should ride this out at least a little bit longer. But I miss them. And I do care about them in a way that's more than just my addiction to them.
Addiction is funny though, because there's so much of it in so many people's lives and they have no idea. They don't realize that type of thinking is the same thing. And they don't realize that things like emotions and certain mentalities or not thinking can be addictive and can have adverse effects on how you function on just a daily basis or your life as a whole. And once you get addicted to anything, you're an addict. You're going to think like an addict for the rest of your fucking life. Even if you stop that thing, even if you know that you're never ever going to do that thing ever again, you're gonna think about it. And you're probably going to think like an addict as well, unless you actually go through and unravel and unwind and try and undo the chains of thinking and the habitual patterns of action that you ingrained through that thinking, through that behavior, through that whatever it was. But for all I know, that's the very thing that keeps us going. That's our survival instinct, the want and desire to exist. If you listen to the episode where I mentioned observation and the particle split beam experiment, I have been thinking about that. And I'm not quite where I want to be with it just yet. I know that my living situation currently is very influenced by the amount that I feel observed. And there's something that I want to say about that that I'm still kind of working on. But I was reading the paper today and I came across this article about this old woman in Tucson. And she walks around in these really weird, ornate old dresses. Even when it's triple ditch, it's hot as fuck outside. She's still just wearing these old school long gowns. So I just want to read a little bit of this. And they call her the Umbrella Lady. Because of the umbrellas, obviously. But also because they don't know what else to call her. A few know her first name. Some hazard guesses at her last. They write stories on their blogs and post long-distance photos online, pointing out a different dress or a new umbrella. More than 5,000 people have liked a Facebook page dedicated to her. There are dozens of posts about her on a group where Tucsonans discuss the quirks of their city. Some clamor for more information. Some implore the group to let her be. Everybody's talking about her, said Antonio Nuno who lives near the hotel and sees her walking almost every morning. She's just an amazing woman, said Irene Felix, who's spoken with her only one time, but said the woman's constant presence inspired her to go to school and study mental health. I would love to know her story, said Angelita Munoz, who blogged about her in 2012 and has kept an eye out ever since. I would love to say hi to her. You know, you're actually kind of beloved around here. Everybody's heard a different story. Online, she's both homeless and renting an apartment in East Tucson. She's walking to the cemetery or to her job at a thrift shop or because it's the only way to soothe chronic pain. 
So this woman has just been walking around Tucson with her dresses and her umbrellas for such a long time and walking such distances that it's gained the observation of other people. And then the newspaper observed this and went and observed these people. And that's the part that I just shared with you was three different people and what they said and what they saw or thought that they'd seen about her. I found the differences between each person incredibly interesting, and I found that some people are like, oh yeah, she's amazing, and she inspired me to go do this, and all this extra shit. It really shows you just how much extra people take from things. Especially things that they don't know. That was the biggest reason I was so quiet for so long was because you just let other people think whatever they want about you and a lot of the time it's going to be way better than what the reality of what you are is. But also it's just really nice to shut the fuck up. And I'd really like to do that myself now. But I'll leave you with some of these last thoughts, last little things that may be unfinished that I may be retouching on again later, but... Stand-up is the opposite of customer service, and that's one of the big appeals with it, because I fucking hate customer service, because I fucking hate people. I was wondering the other day, when I became a stranger in my own life, and when argue meant something... I think my favorite character in Romeo and Juliet had to be Yonder because he was breaking lights through windows. I don't even know how a person could do that, but it sounds like some intensely spiritual soul energy kind of shit. So if I ever get a chance to be in a Romeo and Juliet play, I will cast myself as Yonder and I will be breaking light through windows. Cause that's fucking dope. My favorite thing this week, though, was... Well, first, let me tell you. Back in the day, when I used to watch Saved by the Bell, when it was the old original one, which was cheesy as fuck, but good because of it, Mario Lopez played this character, A.C. Slater. He had a curly mullet. He was all buff, so he always wore these stupid tank tops. He's a real cool, tough guy kind of character, so... Every time he went to sit down, he couldn't just sit in a chair. He always had to turn the chair around and sit in it backwards. So I started sitting on the toilet that way. And I gotta tell you, I feel incredibly cool. As well as the functionality of it, I think is immensely more sensible. And it feels, <laughs> well, I guess you're just gonna have to try it. Thabadout does her. And the next time that you hear my voice, I imagine that you're probably going to be sitting on the toilet backwards. Mm -hmm.